This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media and hosted by yours truly, Matty Ice. I hope everybody's having a great Monday, and I hope everybody had a great weekend. I will share a little bit of uh, news here. So we are reaching the fever pitch of the summertime as it relates to the state of Virginia. Here in Northern Virginia, the weather has been actually pretty good. It's been very, very hot. I spent the weekend doing some yard work and I have to say it was a little bit miserable out there, but as an adult, you kind of have to do some things you don't always want to do. And here we are. So when I come into this Monday, I keep thinking to myself about rules. I keep thinking about all of the rules and regulations that we as human beings are asked to sort of abide by as it relates to whether it's the law or our workplace or what have you. And I think one of the things that I generally don't ever contemplate when it comes to these things is the reasoning behind the rules or the reason why these have existed. Why do I bring this up? Well, the Olympics start on Friday. I am a huge proponent and lover of the Olympics. I always have been. There's something about all of the countries getting together. There's a pomp and circumstance around it. Um, seeing the international competition, seeing the uh, people that are representing their country, their nation, or their region of the world is just a wonderful thing. And you generally see so much happiness and you don't see too much uh, strife, warring, uh, arguing as it relates to the world's politics or the world's problems. But here in the United States, we've had a couple of instances where it seems like not only the Olympic body or the IOC is not backing our athletes, but our own, um, you know, our own politicians, our own country is not backing. And I want to talk about these two things as it relates to the Olympics, because while the Olympics are fun, we need to keep in mind that the world revolves around the Olympics, even as they're going on. So the first thing, which I touched upon in Drippin' Sports last week, uh, is the Shikari Richardson suspension. So if you're not aware, Shikari Richardson is a sprinter for the United States. She was the, I believe, the 100-meter sprinter, and she had made the Olympics, and she was probably going to be on a relay team for the Olympics as well. Uh, she tested positive for marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. Essentially, she tested positive for smoking pot. Um, the Olympic Committee still has this on the banned substance list. I don't believe they consider it a performance enhancer, or maybe they do. I don't know. It certainly isn't. Um, and so she has been suspended from the Olympics. Uh, she was going to be suspended for a month, and she probably, while missing her 100-meter event, would have been able to participate uh, in a relay of some sort. Uh, and it was decided that she was not going to be selected. So let's break this down. When I first heard this news, I you know, originally thought, well, a rule is a rule. I don't agree with the rule. We are in this country at a place where we are normalizing marijuana use. You can say what you want about it being a gateway drug, what it does as far as getting you know, people hooked on other drugs or potentially drug issues within cities themselves. I know there are people who live in cities where it has been normalized out in Denver, out in Washington State, and they don't feel that it has had a positive impact in their communities as it has led to more homelessness, more ran, you know, ran, rampant drug use and so forth. But I really can't speak to that. All I can speak to is my idea that marijuana in and of itself is not dangerous. It is not something that needs to be illegal because we are allowed to drink alcohol, which is a lot more dangerous in my opinion. People drink and drive. Uh, people are alcoholics. They beat people up. You know, they get angry and so forth. And so I think we need to look at it in the context of that in some instances. However, it is still very much illegal on a federal level. It's legal in 38 states, but it is illegal in the world of sports in some fashion. 
The NFL has finally normalized it as the NFL has realized that its players give so much physically and mentally to that game. It is a destructive game and sometimes that's what helped with the pain. I think one of the other things that we generally don't look at is the demographics of people that use it. And why do I bring this up? Well, when I was talking with Cleveland and Dave on political football the other day, we got into this. And you know, Cleve and Dave both had differing views on this particular topic. And Dave felt very strongly that the rule in and of itself is systemic racism at its finest and that the rule was created, however long it was however long ago it was created was created to essentially hold down minorities, specifically black people, as if you look at the demographics, not only of users, but arrests related to marijuana. And then you start looking at jail time. You start looking at sentences in the court of law within the judicial system that we currently have here in the United States. And you look and you see that it is disproportionate to black people. But also when you look at these sentences, and I'm talking about length and years and so forth, when you look at the same crimes perpetrated by white people and perpetrated by black people, there are very, very, very obvious discrepancies in the lengths of sentences where you're seeing black men specifically, or black women even, getting 30 years for a crime that a white person either gets off on or gets very, very minimal time or even community service or something like that. And you have to ask yourself the question of why. Not every case is deemed the same, right? The details of a case aren't necessarily always congruent across the board. But when you look at this rule, in my mind, the first thing that I thought was, well, a rule is a rule. It is in the heat of competition. They're a competitive body that has legislated that these particular drugs are not legal within the confines of their sport. But you have to think, why does this rule still exist when so many other entities within the country of the US in, in particular you know, have already normalized it, where it is not that big of a deal. It is not seen as something that is performance enhancing, and it is not something that puts them at an advantage or should be seen as illegal within the confines of the sport. But here we are. And so while my initial reaction was, well, I don't like the rule, I certainly hate it. And I feel very, very badly for Shikari Richardson, because her dream is now over, because she decided to, you know, have some type of a perceived lack of judgment and I say perceived because in my mind it's not really a lapse in judgment it's something that I think more people do than people other people realize so she finds out in a very very messed up way that her birth mother had passed away she finds this out from a reporter which on camera live like I don't even understand how it is that that is allowed that reporter should be reprimanded possibly even fired because that is just terrible like imagine finding out a loved one of yours passed away that way, right? Imagine finding out on live TV, no preparation, nothing. And you know what sucks about it is they do this because they want the clicks. They do this because they want the reaction. And quite frankly, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not into that. Like that, that is absolutely poor, poor behavior. So she finds this out and she's grieving. And the thing about grief is if you've ever had the loss of a loved one, uh, it doesn't have to be a parent, but it could be anybody that's close to you, anybody that had some major impact on your life. You know that grief takes different, you know, roles, different masks, so to speak. And you can't really legislate or dictate how anybody handles grief, even yourself. Like you want to think to yourself, well, I can handle this, like I, I can get through this. And you just don't know. I've heard so many stories of people dealing with grief in different ways, people changing, right? And not necessarily changing for the better, changing for the negative. I mean, grief does a lot of things to you. 
I personally have gone through some instances of grief, but I've never had somebody close enough to me that I've had a life-changing experience in that way. I've had grandparents pass away. I've had high school friends pass away, but my parents are still alive. And, you know, that is this, that is the kind of death, the closeness of that, that you can't even really describe. And so I don't know how I would feel in that instance. I know that I would feel sad. I know that it would be very, very difficult. But how that grief would manifest itself, it's not something that anybody, I think, can predict. And we all like to say, well, I would never do that. Well, you don't know that. Shikara Richardson handled her grief in one way. And she's being paid the ultimate price for that particular lapse, right? And I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing anymore. I first thought to myself, well, I feel bad for her. The rule is stupid, but it's still a rule. But then when you think about the fact that we're in 2021 and you have to ask yourself, why is this rule still a rule? And Dave's explanation, and Dave and Cleve had a great back and forth on this that I implore you to listen to. I was not part of the conversation because I felt that they were covering all bases and I wanted to hear what their arguments were as two black men in this country talking about this stuff. And I think it was very eye-opening to hear the points that were being made on both sides and ultimately them coming to an agreement and an understanding about the fact that the rule in and of itself is placed out there. You know, it was initially placed out there to be a detriment toward non-white athletes. And I think when you look at it, you think to yourself, where is the support for Shikari Richardson? And I think that is a valid question to ask because not more than a year ago, we as a country were all about Black Lives Matter. We we're all about being woke and we are all about supporting those folks who have been asking, pleading for a seat at the table, right? And where are we now? You have to ask yourself that. I feel somewhat ashamed that I thought a rule is a rule at first, but you know what? I'm conditioned to feel that way because the rules in and of themselves are not made to hinder my progress, right? Like the rules are the rules and I don't have to worry about some of these rules. I don't have to worry about being caught at some of these rules because I know that as a white person in this country, some of these rules are not made to hinder me. They are made to essentially vault me. Right. And that's what we talk about when we talk about white privilege, not something that we necessarily ask for. But the systemic part of this is what gets people, you know, the, it, 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 people can't really understand it. And when we say systemic, this is what we're talking about. Things that have been in place that we have normalized, that we've not gone back to ask the question of why are they even there in the first place? And one of the things that Dave said that I thought was very poignant and I totally agree with is that where are the people that were screaming Black Lives Matter back then? because black people don't only matter when they're getting killed by police. They matter in every other instance in which they are held down because of some systemic issue. You know, like getting a loan, things like this, Shakara Richardson. You know, where are the people screaming for this? And what really strikes me, and it's not something that I'd even really considered, is that the people that are currently in office, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they ran on a ticket of inclusion, they ran on a ticket of unity, because Kamala Harris is the first woman and the first black woman, right, as vice president of this country, which is a huge deal. She and her physical manifestation and also her emotional manifestation represents a lot of people who felt like they have not had a voice at all in this country. Even though Barack Obama was president for eight years, that in and of itself almost set the timeline back because so many people in this country were personally offended by a black man being president of the United States, which is just dumb. I'm going to put it out there. It's dumb. You can say what you want about somebody as a politician, right? About their stances, about their platform. But the, the idea that somebody can't be a good president just because of what they look like is stupid. 
you know, plain and simple. Like if you feel that way, just don't even come at me because that's not the way we should be looking at humans. Look at them for what they give you, right? But where are Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Joe Biden was asked about this. He was asked about this specifically, and he basically kind of puttered a, room, a rule is a rule is a rule. And that sucks because we as the United States of America should be voicing our objection to this on a worldwide level. We in the States have decided that this is not something that we feel is uh, you know, a hindrance to our particular athletes. I understand that it's still a federal crime, right? But at the same time, this is international competition and we should be wanting the best athletes that are out there to represent us. Is Shakara Richardson less of an athlete because she smoked pot after her mother died? The answer to that is no. But here's the other thing that I wonder, does Shakara Richardson not look the part for the United States? One of the things we are about in this country a lot, and I don't think we realize it to the extent at which it is true, is about optics, right? We right now are in what I would call a woke revolution almost. And I don't mean that as a bad thing necessarily. Uh, so many people are looking for the gotcha moment, right? They're looking to cancel people. They're looking to point out all of the ways that people are inefficient as it relates to things that they say that are uncomfortable, right? Labeling them one way or the other. You're either a Trump supporter and a racist or you're not and we're getting to a place where you know we're not necessarily doing it for all the right reasons i personally feel that when i see people touting about how woke they are specifically white people on social media it's like they're trying to outwoke other white people that's not the goal right i don't need to know how woke you are what i need to know is that you're doing this in your daily life that you are showing this kind of energy not when it's common to do so on social media but when you're doing it when something like this happens right and this is what we're looking to our politicians for we're looking for our politicians who by the way ran on a platform that specifically said to black people we're here for you we hear you and we want you to have a seat at the table and this is really the first instance where somebody has been you know unfairly labeled by a rule that specifically is set out to hinder this kind of athlete right and I wonder to myself, why is it that Joe Biden is not willing to take a more firm stance? I firmly understand that he is not able to reset the rule, right? But he's the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, as they like to say it, one of the most prominent positions in the entire world. If there's anybody who can put voice to the fact that the United States should be represented by somebody that looks and acts like Shikari Richardson, this is the time to do it. But by not doing so, I feel like what he is saying is that Ooh, Shikari doesn't quite look the part, right? Yeah, sure, we're okay with black people representing this country, but maybe not this extra looking black woman who's young and brash, has long nails, has orange hair. I'm not sure if that's necessarily what we want to embody. That's not how this works, right? Like you're either all in or you're all out. And that's really what it comes down to. And this is why it's so disappointing. The other instance that happened within the swimming world in the Olympics has less to do necessarily with the United States and more to do with the international talk, but it still is applicable, where the swimming body, I think it's called FINA or something like that, basically decided that Soulcap, which is a brand that is specifically uh, marketed for black athletes that are swimmers, and it's a swim cap that essentially is better suited for the type of hair that black men and women have, which, by the way, is made differently than white people's hair and dries out, especially in the water with a lot of the chlorine. Uh, the Olympic body or the uh, swimming body decided that 
they were not allowed to use those because quote i believe it was like quote they don't fit the normal shape of the head like i can't even begin to tell you how ignorant that statement is uh who is to say that looking at somebody and because their hair is different like one of the things that i've said and i still maintain is that one of the things that makes humanity great is that not everybody is the same and that's across the board it's wonderful to look at how many people are in the world and see what different people's skin tones are what their hair looks like their personalities their beliefs that's the whole point humanity in and of itself is a melting pot of different individuals that come together to make a diverse collective that's what we want that's one of the things that i think is so great i love the fact that even within my white circle of friends that there are differences between us like i don't want all the same kinds of people around me obviously you want to surround yourself with people who represent your you know who you are like you don't want to represent yourself with rapists and child molesters and things like that that's not what i'm saying but you obviously want a diverse ideal around your personal life too like you don't want somebody who's always going to agree with you you don't want somebody who's always going to placate to you it's going to be a yes man or a yes woman that's no fun and that's one of the things i think that we're missing here is that to say that well this swim cap doesn't look like the rest of humanity is total bs right these people have different styles of hair right their culture is different than ours if you want every swimmer to look the same and act the same then basically what you're saying is that anybody who is not white is not allowed to participate in this sport and i think that that's crap there are so many reasons why allowing a swim cap that is a little bit different than what you've normally allowed has nothing to do with the sport. You could even make the argument that if somebody is a swimmer and they have really large hair that they're trying to keep down, it's actually a competitive disadvantage because one of the things that we know about swimming is that every micro transaction that leads to a little bit of a faster time and a little bit more hydrodynamics is what every swimmer is looking for. However, why are we not allowing them to figure that out for themselves, right? The scientific idea of how they make themselves a better swimmer through all their training regimens, through the products that they use, everything should be on the table for them to use, especially something so simple as a swim cap that just makes it so that they can protect their hair better in a sport that damages their hair. And it's like, I don't want to hear, well, why, why do they swim if it damages their hair? That's total BS, right? This is not smoking. This is not why are you smoking if you know that it kills you. This is, I want to participate in this sport, but there's something about the fact that there are chemicals in this water that affect my hair. Anybody who's ever been in a pool, right? My hair, when I go into a pool, I love going to a pool every now and again, but when I do, my hair feels so dry and it just, the chlorine wreaks havoc on it. And I don't have the kind of hair that has a lesser oil content that makes it drier in the first place. And so it's just kind of a ridiculous stance to be taking. It's an ignorant stance to be taking. And it just shows that these committees, right, the Olympic Committee, the Swimming Committee, and what have you, don't seem to uh, embody the idea that all that everybody should be involved, right? That everybody should have a seat at the table because we're basically looking in the margins saying, yes, you can participate, but not if you have the kind of hair that requires the swim cap. Well, that's not right, right? You're either all in or you're all out. Tell us that black athletes aren't allowed to participate in which case we can boycott you forever, or say everybody's in. And this relates to where we are here coming into the Olympics. Look at the people that are on the TV. All of those people are representing this country, and they're representing different portions of this country, different sects of this country. That's how it should be. 
when you look at international competition, you want to see your country represented in all of the ways that it possibly could be. A country as large as the United States, we have so many different types of people here, so many different backgrounds, worldviews, looks, um, you know, physical abilities, and we want those all to be represented. If Shikari Richardson wants to have orange hair and she wants to have long nails and she wants to embody a part of her culture that is accepted and just normal, then she should be allowed to do that. And the United States and our leaders should be backing her in a way that says, this is also what we want to represent this country. And I wonder, when I look at the foundations of these rules, the foundations of all the rules that we have out there, you know, have we ever stopped to question them the, the way that we do uh, when it only affects us? And I think that's what I'm asking, is to look at these rules that are in place. Look at the way that we have adapted here in this country, especially for athletes, and ask ourselves, why are we still employing these rules here for this specific competition? And I don't know, like maybe I'm speculating, maybe I am making assumptions about the leaders of this country that they are, you know, not thinking this way. But a lot of times it's not what you say, it's what you do. And we're all guilty of being for a cause. And then all of a sudden, when it comes around to our doorstep, it's very, very difficult to act, or we feel like it's difficult to act. We don't know how to act. And I think what people found last year is that it was easy to put a black square up on social media. But was it easy to call out people in their circle for these types of opinions? Was it easy to have uncomfortable conversations? And I will say this, listening to Cleveland and Dave and thinking about the impetus for these rules, thinking about the reasoning why they exist, it's uncomfortable as a white person to realize that the margin of error for me is so, so much greater than it is for black people in this country, right? And the thin margin is basically defined by these rules. And when you start to think about these rules being in place that were not to your detriment, but they were to the detriment of other people that are also citizens of this country, it does make you uncomfortable. But it's about what you do, the action you take off of that discomfort. And that's why I had to at least talk about this here because my changing of opinion of a rule is a rule has shifted a little bit. I do feel that there are rules that are in place that are in place for a reason, and I can understand them, I can get behind them, and they do seem like they are fair across the board. Speed limits, for instance. Speed limits are there for everybody's safety, and they apply to everybody no matter what you look like, at least the way that I understand it. Like when I see a sign on the side of the road, I don't feel like, well, they make it because black people speed more. I, it feels like this is what the state has deemed safe for this particular section of the road. But when it comes to pot use with athletes, and then all of a sudden it shifts a little bit. And I think that's what I wanted to get at. So I appreciate everybody's time this Monday. I hope that you have a great week. Uh, before I get you out of here, please subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you, you subscribe to. If you head to mattyicemedia.com, our podcast library, you can find embedded players of all the podcasts. So if you want to get a little bit of a glimpse of what we have to offer, you can get it there and then subscribe links come forth within those players. So please subscribe. Please give me a review. If you're listening on Apple or uh, or Amazon or wherever, uh, please give a written review. It means the world and it's going to allow me to continue to grow. Um, and also hit me up on Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast and Maddie Ice Media 21 are the handles. Uh, have a great rest of your day. I'll speak to you on Wednesday and peace. Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Maddie Ice and is brought to you by Maddie Ice Media.